Hey FEC, I am uh, excited to continue our devotional series as we move through Holy Week. We're at Wednesday, so we'll be looking at the events that took place in Jesus' life on the Wednesday of his last week as he approaches the cross and uh, ultimately the resurrection. Uh, now, I just want to point out that we're actually doing some skipping here because we have been in Mark 11 and we're going to move uh, immediately to Mark 14. The events of, of chapters 12 and 13 would be actually really good for you to go back and read. They take place on Tuesday and uh, they involve a great deal of conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders. And that is what uh, builds us up to and culminates in what we find in Mark 14. Mark 14 starts with one of those times where Mark takes two different stories and he weaves them together. We have the plot to kill Jesus, and that uh, will include G Judas agreeing to betray Jesus. And right in the middle of that story, Mark has sandwiched the story of a woman, an unnamed woman, who anoints Jesus. And uh, I think what Mark wants us to see by putting these stories together in the way that he does uh, is more than just the order of events. It's also about the contrast between this woman who adores Jesus and the religious leaders and Judas who reject Jesus. So let's take a look at Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 1. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. Uh, it's, it's worth just pausing for a second and pointing out, once again, we have the fear of man entering into this story uh, during Jesus last week. And we see this virtually every single day. And it's just a reminder to us of how astray we get when we start giving into the fear of man. Well, Mark is now going to shift, and he's going to take us to the anointing of Jesus. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor, and they scolded her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And now Mark takes us back to the plot. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. Again, I, I think the point here of, of Mark bringing these stories together is for us to see this extraordinary contrast between this woman's adoration of Jesus and the complete rejection of Jesus that we see in the religious leaders and in Judas. 
I think it's also worth noting that there is a contrast between the costly nature of what this woman will give up. 300 denarii represented about a year's wage and that flask of perfume was probably an important part of her retirement. That's how people in that time saved for retirement. They would set aside valuable things like that that would last over time that they could eventually sell. So what she is doing is sacrificing something extraordinarily valuable. And Judas, uh, is going to betray someone extraordinarily valuable for the sake of money that he will get to keep. And that is, again, uh, I think part of the contrast. There is a real, real difference in the hearts of the people involved. So how do we think through this in a way that might help us apply it for uh, the days ahead as we approach the, the Good Friday and we approach Easter? Uh, again, I want to remind us of the theme of fear of man. Um, it is just so deadly to our spiritual lives. Uh, let's also note that Jesus points out uh, or, or elevates adoration as being greater than charity, than caring for the poor. Now, we need to be careful here because for a long time, I thought this was sort of downplaying the care of the poor, but it is just the opposite of what's going on here. The Jews would have completely understood how important it was in Scripture, how important it was to God to care for the poor. It is a constant theme uh, in the Hebrew scriptures. And um, so they would have understood that very, very well. So this is not about care for the poor being unimportant. It's about how important the adoration of Jesus really is. Because they would have seen the, the care of the poor as being so vital. And then, oh my goodness, given how vital that is, how important is it? For us to adore Jesus. I also love in verse 8 that it describes her that she has done what she could, and um, boy, do I want that to be true of me. Uh, may I do what I can in the adoration of Jesus. May I do what I can, given the limitations that we are in in this season of, of, of COVID-19, um, and maybe that is doing what I can through the use of my time, doing what I can to be careful to spend time in Scripture. Um, but I think for me, where I feel convicted the most is I spend a lot of time in prayer right now asking for things. And that's, that's good. I mean, we are told to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I wonder if I need to be spending more time reflecting on how I'm seeing the character of Jesus evidenced in uh, the events around me every single day and what he's doing in my life and what he's doing in the lives of people around me and then spending time in prayer, uh, naming those things and thanking the Lord and thanking uh, Christ for how he is at work in my life. And, um, uh, and, and I, I'm feeling convicted that I need to spend some more time doing that. And finally, it's worth noting that this woman is never named. Uh, it says, as the story wraps up, that wherever the gospel is proclaimed throughout the entire world, that she is going to be remembered, that uh, what she did will be spoken of, and it says, in memory of her. But even as it's in memory of her, we don't know who she was. So what's going on there with Mark? Why does he choose not to name her? I think because he's placing the emphasis not on who she is, 
but on what she did. It's what she did that she will be remembered for. Uh, and specifically, it's what she did in the adoration of Christ. And I, again, I just tend to get that mixed up. I want so much to be remembered for me. And I want sometimes, frankly, even my worship or my my work uh, that I do in, in, in serving the Lord, I want it really to point to me. And I find myself convicted that uh, this woman had it just the other way around. And Mark, I think, reminds us that it was the other way around. What she's remembered for is how she pointed to Christ and drew people's attention to him and adored him, not for who she was. Uh, so what does it mean for you to adore Jesus uh, during this time? As I said, for me, I think it's going to be reflected in how I pray. But it's worth taking some time uh, to think about how how is this a season of opportunity for you to truly adore Jesus? And we also see in this story the contrast between someone who is a taker, Judas, and someone who is a giver, this woman. And boy, I think we have seen that uh, the coronavirus brings out a lot of taking. And uh, we've seen a lot of people that have been in very self-centered ways doing a lot of taking. And we've seen a lot of giving, no question. But I find myself, as I encounter this passage, uh, needing to slow down and ask myself, how, is it, how have I been a taker instead of a giver? And then I need to go to the Lord and I need to repent. But I repent uh, with joy and with gratitude because of Good Friday. You see, I can go before the Lord and be open and declare, this is how I've been a taker. But to do so with the assurance and the celebration of the fact that this is the very reason that Jesus died for me is for things like this. And I can know that I am forgiven. And then I celebrate in the resurrection because, because of the resurrection, we have new life and the Holy Spirit is doing a work in me to make me less of a taker and more of a giver. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day as you reflect upon um, Holy Week and what is going on in the events of Jesus' life as he takes each step towards the cross. I look forward to connecting with you tomorrow. Have a wonderful, blessed day.